I just think actors in general, I mean, maybe it's just me, but I feel like a lot of us are kind of shy and insecure on the inside. Um, so I feel like as you could be booking an extreme amount and I feel like there's always that little like imposter syndrome, like why me? Like, you know, there's always going to be someone better. both been on little adventures since, the, since we've last spoken in person. Yeah, you did your little trip around the, is it the Midwest? Yeah, it was It was mostly Midwest. It okay. was It was some Northeast, it was some Midwest, it was some, it was some <laughs> so flyover states. No, it was both. I hit, yeah. I hit both. I, you know, it was it was a busy, I hit 19 states in a month. Whoa. Um, and I'll tell you, some are a lot more exciting than others. <laughs> some, oh, some are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of yeah. Do you know? Do you know what there's a lot of in Kansas? Uh, dogs. Nothing. There's nothing uh, in Kansas. It's empty. No witches? <laughs> I wanted to make so many Oz jokes driving yeah. through Kansas. I was so uninspired. Yeah, they've probably heard oh it all too. They're like, remove everything. We don't want We don't want anyone having anything to talk about. We've already got enough tornadoes. Yeah. I, I, I didn't really, I mean, I, ba- I, st- I barely stopped in Kansas. There's a gas station. There has to be something. I passed, I think I passed two cities. I drove from west to east. Can I drove the entire state of Kansas in one day? Yeah. I saw maybe two cities of any legitimate population, like that were cities, not just like small oh. towns. And I'm sure there's more of them out there. But like yeah. the most famous half of Kansas City is in Missouri. Like it's not even. It, it's so. It's just a. It's a flat, boring place. It's wow. the, also the first time I've ever gotten pulled over was in Kansas, and I think it's because the police officer was as bored Are as you I black? was. Oh Jesus! God. <laughs> That's what I you want to go there? Let's go, Janelle. <laughs> the police officer thought you're black. We have that on record. In Kansas, now. No, honestly, I just thought he yeah, was, I you're think, Kansas I, black. <laughs> I think he was just bored. Honestly, yeah. they were sitting there. I was going, I think, nine miles per hour over the speed limit. There was no one on the highway. Mm. I'm just zipping down. I'm on cruise control. I'm just like, I'm just going. Yeah. And I just, I see him pull up next to me. I'm like. Oh god! I've never been pulled over before. I have a perfect. What? You've never even. You've never been pulled over since the day I got my license to that day. Not no, not an accident. No, uh, not not pulled over. Not even a check. Like this was a warning. This was a warning. Luckily, but like no, never. I I got into one accident in my life, and it was literally the day before I was supposed to take my driver's test. Yeah. And postponed it. Not since that day. Not another thing. Not even a routine check. Not even a routine check. I've never been pulled over by an officer until. Kansas, (laughs) Kansas, <laughs> and I'm pretty yeah. sure it's because he was bored. <laughs> I literally saw the one thing I saw in Kansas was a yellow biplane, one of those tiny little planes, mm-hmm. on the side of the road, go up into the air, turn around, full 180, go. It did, a plane did a U-turn. Yeah, in the air, like it turned sideways oh. and it came around, descended. <laughs> like a barrel roll thing. I don't know if I'd call it a barrel roll. Like but top Gun. Sure. <laughs> I don't know. It's not a U-turn. I just we just need he, to get that. The plane turned sideways, looped back around, got back right upwards, and came to descend to land again. Mm-hmm. It like bounced on the ground twice, and then just went back up. This plane didn't know how to land. The plane bounced on the ground. It's so it like did one of those. It was like bump. The hydraulics. Like, was this? Was it the soul plane? It was. T- <laughs> was the soul plane tiny yellow and in Kansas? <laughs> Um, point is, I don't think the pilot knew how to land the plane. That's what I'm trying to say. Oh, uh, he's like, whoops. I didn't stick around to find out. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, exciting time yeah. to get. And you were just in Toronto. You finally. You just started, like, 
to I know, but that's a big deal. You couldn't go back for so long. Like, now you yeah. finally got to go back. How, how was it? It was great. I yeah. mean, it's never not great, so... Do you want to yeah. share any amusing excerpts a la my examples in Kansas? You didn't share any examples of what you did there. In Kansas? It, yeah. Is I drove through it. Over? I drove through it. No, That's all I did. No, your whole trip. Oh, the whole, tri- well, the whole trip was me playing music. I, I, played, I played, I think, a total of... It was originally seven, and then it became eight shows. because was a friend, amazing. A friend arranged something for me in Breckenridge, Colorado when I was mm-hmm. in the area. Which I'll share that whole story another time. It's pretty funny. Um, I played eight shows. I have one more tomorrow at Rockwood Music Hall, which will be later today. So if you're listening to this the morning of, oh, yeah. if you're listening to this the morning of July third, and you're in the New York area, I'm playing Rockwood Music Hall Stage One tonight at seven p.m. Uh, Twenty one, please. Twenty one plus one drink minimum. Other than that, it's free. Come on out. Um, but I played eight shows in eight different cities. Oh, no uh, cover. No cover, yeah, yeah. I only played one show this whole tour that had any cover. Yeah. Uh, and it was a really cool facility in Philly. Um, I saw friends all along the way. I only mm. had to get a hotel or an Airbnb. You seem refreshed. I feel good. I felt... Well, it's funny, because I... Because I, I, I drove, I think, over 6,800 miles, and I was in the car for almost 140 hours in the past month. And I... Loved every second of it, no matter how mundane or boring or tedious, because it felt like total freedom. Whoa. I've never been, I mean, like, I live in Brooklyn. Just being in the car you. by yourself. Being is able to just cruising. drive and go and be like, I have a destination. That's my only thing I'm thinking about. Yeah. I'm going to play some show tunes or a podcast or some rock music or whatever. I'm just going to just plug that in and go. Mm hmm. Driving a beautiful new car, like a 2019 Kia Forte, with all the bells and whistles. Do they sponsor us? Hey Kia, <laughs> hey Kia, I loved your car. Because you said the whole name out, like they, like they sponsored us. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. I love this car, so I, I already miss it. Um, and I had a Tennessee license plate for some reason. I think someone had just driven it to New York, oh. um, and so I didn't feel worried about driving through like Kansas or Kentucky or something, being like I blend in. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was a ma- it really was very special and all the friends I got to visit. I wrote a whole blog post on my website like thanking every single person who took care of me or came out to see me that I knew. That's um, nice. People were people were so generous. I I'm blown away. Not only did I get to see a lot of beautiful things and play in a lot of cool places that I'd never been before and meet a lot of really lovely people, but like my friends pulled through. They pull- I saw people uh, outside Chicago in particular. I saw people who came out to the show who I hadn't seen in upwards of a decade. I, ho- I hope it wasn't 10 years, but there, there was one girl there in particular, uh, my friend Callie, mm-hmm. who we, we were in touch occasionally, but we really haven't seen each other or spoken at length in pro- probably nine years. Wow. And it was, she came out and she brought a friend and then an old friend from high school who apparently moved to Chicago also came out with his girlfriend. And like, it was just such an interesting group of people. Did you cry? Uh, I did cry at one point. Not during that. I did cry. I cried. That wasn't an immediate no. Yeah. No. 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 I cried. I cried earlier in the trip. I cried in Ohio. Uh, but no, that was just. It was just weird and magical and cool and special. Um, and uh, yeah, people really pulled through. And I felt. I felt. I, I was gonna say like I only got an Airbnb or a hotel maybe three times total. Whoa! So everyone else put you everyone up. Everyone else put me up. Even last second, I. I changed my route last second on the way back to the East Coast, and I wanted to pass through Cincinnati or Columbus in like Southern Ohio. And a friend of mine from from uh, from the Ghost Island days pulled through a few hours ahead of time. Was just like, yeah, I have a guest room. Come on over. And Whoa. and I crashed there. I got there late, and she was 
as um, for Angela, she was as hospitable and and kind and welcoming and warm as she possibly could have been with like literally what six hours notice. Like it was it was. I'm blown away. People, people really. I just. Wow, there's faith in humanity. I live. I, I live in a cynical world. Usually, I live in a pretty cynical. There's bubble. no reason to. You the were exposed nice. to yeah. the good. It was very good. It was very, as you said, it was refreshing. Yeah. It was. It was really special. And I missed all of them already. They were all. It was, just, it was lovely, and uh, I'm already planning on the next one. So. Wow. Yeah. Already on the next one. <laughs> I mean, not like the details, but like I have ideas. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so what did you... I mean, I know... Okay, so that's my whole spiel. What did you do in Toronto? I know you, I know you played the comedy bar. You must have. Uh, yeah, that's my home. The old home turf. Yeah. So, well, a lot of... Like, hanging out with family, scheduling hangs. Mm -hmm. Hung with... You see my, your best friend? Um, yes, I did see my best friend. Also, a guest of the podcast, Leah Abrahams on episode... Can't remember the number, but it's called Ariana... I want to say 13. Leah Abrahams is a bad Ariana Grande... Day. Because we were so clever. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was all you, baby. Yeah. <laughs> it's all you. And when I typed it in the text, I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, this slaps I'm, as a title. I nailed it. <laughs> nailed it. Uh, yeah, it was her birthday on the Saturday. Mm. And uh, we had a karaoke party. Um, we always do karaoke parties for our birthdays. Aww. And... Yeah, I've worked in some shows around there. I had a show literally right before her party. Oh, wow. Which was, um, it was fun. Well, the first the first night I did a show, um, this guy, Brian Millward, has this mm -hmm. amazing show in Toronto called Sass. And uh, he, off the top, he was like, yeah, I don't, uh, I don't really have that 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 many jokes today so let's just bring up my mom who happened to be there just brought up his yeah mom. and she told the story that was pretty oh, funny wow um so that lineup was pretty wicked uh had a great time good um i'm trying to remember who's a lot of great comics like uh dan curtis thompson mm -hmm. um and some other people that I love that I'm blanking <laughs> on right now, but it doesn't mean that they're not funny and that I don't love them. We're probably um, we're both probably a little bit brain dead. So yeah, definitely. Really, yeah. And then the the Saturday before Leah's birthday, did oh no, then the Friday night did. Mm -hmm. uh, Comedy Bar has these shows at 11:30 called After Hours, Ooh. and it's usually like, you get a lot of the. The people, they're like, we've already had dinner and gone out to party. Let's go see some comedy oh, and have some drinks. Let's see how this goes. So it's the late night crowd. And I love, I actually love those crowds because mm -hmm. they're just like, you can just, for the most part, do whatever. <laughs> and they're, they're up for it. They're game for it. So that was great because it was a bunch of my friends hang, hanging out, mm -hmm. um, hanging on, on the steps. Mm -hmm. And just like so many great hangs all at once. Mm -hmm. And... Um, yeah, and then the next day before Leah's birthday, went to Comedy Bar again for the actually really, I always forget the name of the show, the actually really good comedy show. Yeah, actually really good comedy, that's yeah. good, that's a solid name. <laughs> and that's put on by a really funny comic that I used to produce a show with, named, his name's Mikey Kohlberg, but he mm -hmm. was in Greece. So he had a guest host, Natalie Norman, who is super, super funny. She just actually released an album 
today or the day before called The Big Reveal. Mm-hmm. So that's on all the streaming platforms. Yeah. But she's hilarious. She used to have a podcast with another comedian, Jess Bolio, called um, The Crimson Wave. Oh and it was a gosh. podcast all about periods. You're pulling out, oh, you're pulling out like all the little tacks of the map right now connecting all the people yeah <laughs> that's the thing with, with Toronto comics I just remember I remember all their <laughs> credits the I web of well, everything they got going on connections yeah. and tangents yeah but yeah she hosted that show it was really fun it was amazing um the I think I don't think he headlined but um Langston Kerman was on the show a really funny comic he was filming something out there um, you can, he's all over TV. He's was on one of my favorite shows. Um, so that was fun. Mm-hmm. He had a really great set. He was on Insecure on HBO. Insecure. On season one. Oh, wow. For he, his character was pretty funny on that. That's awesome. Yeah. He, so he had a great set. Everyone, you know, everyone on the show did great. Everyone mm-hmm. killed. Um, I, at the last minute, so I was wearing a shirt, but I was so scared that I guess Comedy Bar maybe upgraded their lights or something. It looked extra bright. So I'm like, I don't want this to be see-through. So one of my friends, another hilarious comic, Noor Hadidi, she was like, do you want to borrow my jean jacket? I'm like, yes, please. I put it on and immediately I looked like I was a cast member on Degrassi. <laughs> Whoops, accidentally draped. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the the Whoops, power of the Whoops, I said it from the bottom and back at the bottom. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Mm-hmm. Going home is not the bottom. Going home is yeah. something else. Yeah, and then car- <laughs> yeah, karaoke was insanely... I'm like, sure it was insane. We, we pull out all the stops. And we've talked about this on an earlier episode, but... You know, mm-hmm. did not disappoint. Put out the stops. We got the big room, the biggest room. Wow. There's maybe like 50 people or something Ooh. in that room. 30-something people. Wow. We had like dan- choreographed dance breaks. My friend, also co- really funny comic, Brandon Nash Muhammad, he was there doing a lot of Hillary Duff and Cheetah Girls. I wasn't expecting dances. those to be the two things he pulled out there. Yeah. Well, his wow. Instagram name is Barack Obama. <laughs> Got it. All right, sure. So I, I feel like it, it fits his his brand. He's just you know just mm. that cultural icon. Absolutely. And yeah, and then got to hang out with two of my other really funny comic friends. This is just like a roll call. Of I like, know you're like going down the list of, of funny comedians. It's like the DMX song, the "What These Bees Want," where he just the verse where he names all the different girls like Keisha, Letitia, whatever. <laughs> or like Mobile Number Five, I guess is the clean version of that. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember yeah. those Marito, two. Alex. <laughs> I remember those two girls in Mama Number Five, Keisha and La- Letitia. Yeah. I remember those two. Yeah, my friend. Oh, this is a thing that you weren't yes. aware of. Okay. So the week before this, yeah, I had two other comedian friends. This is gonna be like a combo breaker when I say that I have friends oh that God. aren't comedians. Hit me. Uh, so there, I had two comedian friends, Ali and Olivia, that came mm. to visit New York. And they were staying around our area on this mm-hmm. really nice Airbnb. Mm-hmm. And so we hung out like every day, but both of them are vegetarian. Well, one of them's mm-hmm. vegan, one of them's vegetarian. Mm-hmm. So apparently New York has all these great vegan restaurants, vegetarian restaurants. So they took me to some these. areas. Yeah. And the food actually tasted okay. There's, and, there's solid options. Out yeah, there. that's coming from me, a hardcore carnivore. Mm-hmm. Like I'll have meat wrapped in hardcore meat carnivore. with a meat drizzle and meat garnish. <laughs> Like I mm, love a <laughs> love a sprig of meat on top of my stew, you know. Really lightens the whole thing. A glass up. of meat, oh, a glass oh. of meat. <laughs> just to wash it down. Glass of meat is like a that's like a heavy metal band. 
<laughs> so we went to all these great places. I'm like, oh my god, this actually tastes good, and it's not like food that even wasn't trying to be meat. I'm mm-hmm. like, this is wow. Yeah, so options, I was man. able to keep it up uh, for a couple days, and then so that was the last time I had meat was a chicken skewer. That was Saturday, wow. Saturday night. And then come Tuesday, I realized I still hadn't had any meat. Wow. And usually I'll have meat like three times a day. Yeah. Like, uh, so I realized this. Well, I felt queasy. I felt queasy before that, actually. Mm-hmm. So Work in Progress, we talk about that show um, a couple times on here. I went to Work in Progress. Oh, cool. And um, I, so I was up pre- like second last, I think. Mm-hmm. And I felt queasy, and I had to announce it off the top, being like, "Hey guys, I'm feeling sick. Um, hopefully, I'm not pregnant." <laughs> oh jeez! And so then it dawned on me that it probably was the change in diet. And yeah. Like, and oh, then yeah. someone at work told me that, "Oh, this could be withdrawal." I'm like, "Oh my god, meat withdrawal!" Meat withdrawal. <laughs> that's insane to me. It's true. No, I felt that's... so queasy. Every, like mm-hmm. when I wasn't eating, when I was eating, I'm like, "This is like, just like." not constant nausea oh my God. and i'm like how wow i'm really purging so then come that tuesday and wednesday and then i had a day where i wasn't really that nauseous anymore mm-hmm. or just a little bit where i could handle it i'm like let me just and i realized this is the longest i've ever gone without meat in my whole entire life really? save for maybe being before i Born. had teeth. <laughs> yeah and maybe i was having meat then too i wouldn't put it past my jamaican family <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he likes some meat sauce. So I, I'm like, let me just keep this up. Like the competitive mm-hmm. side of me. How long can in. I go? Yeah. yeah, I'm like, how long can I go? I'm like, can I possibly? And then I remembered, oh man, I'm going to Toronto this weekend for my mom's home cooking. There's no way, no way. I'm going to. I mean, I, I called her about it and I told her. And she's like, oh, okay. So do you not want me to make any of the things? Like she gave me an option. She wasn't wow. like, she wasn't just like, oh, I'm going to be offended if you don't eat my cooking. She's like, oh, so then what should I do? Should I do? Uh, asparagus? I'm like, hell no. Nah. Oh, she's I'll like, take the she's hit. Like, I was planning on doing oxtail. I'm like, don't change your plan. No, that's I'm not. I'm coming back, primed and ready. Yeah, it was a great time. Right. Amazing. It was the opposite of Kansas. <laughs> Toronto, the opposite of Kansas. Kansas. Uh, anyways, on today's episode, we have the wonderful voice actor Kristen Sullivan. Uh, Kristen Sullivan, uh, you, right now you can hear her on Netflix in A Silent Voice. It is an animated film she did a couple years back. Whoa. She plays one of the leads. Um, and she'll talk a little bit about that in the episode. And it, a silent voice, but we can hear her. You can hear. It's a very sad movie, but it's a very meaningful uh, and heartfelt one. Yeah. And it's she got to do an English dub for a popular Japanese animated film. Oh. So it's pretty cool. It's 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 really special. And I got to listen to a little bit of myself, and it's just like that's my friend. That's. Kristen. I know you're gonna say it, uh, English accent. No, 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 no. She did an American so it's voice. It's not a silent voice. Well, no. <laughs> well, what's fun about Kristen is Kristen's my age. She's 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 in her mid twenties, yeah. but she can re- she can play super young. She yeah. has that voice that she can play. Speaking of your mid twenties, it was your birthday. We didn't bring it up, so we're gonna have to bring it. That up. That was like a month time. ago now, but yeah, that's yeah. Right. But we didn't we didn't talk about it on the podcast yet. We'll talk about it another time because we're at twenty four minutes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this was supposed to be ten. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Still here. Yeah, you know, half of it. we've had a lot to talk about. Um, anyways, uh, Kristen Sullivan is amazing and sweet and hilarious and tells some great stories in this. Uh, we did it over Skype. It's the first Skype interview we've ever done uh, for I'm Trying. I hope you enjoy it. And uh, yeah, I'll leave it at that for now. Yeah. Talk to you at the end of the episode. Why, why do you think it's so hard to 
be an actor and also hold down other jobs. What's what's an experience or two you've had where you were just trying to earn a living on the side and it kind of got in the way? Ooh, it is always hard, especially because as a voice actor, everything is so last minute. Um, you know, sometimes your agent will call you at 9 a.m. and be like, hey, you know, you have to be at this audition at this studio at this time for the same day. Um, you know, things happen really fast in voiceover. So I feel like when you're holding down a day job, sometimes it's hard to be like, oh, wait, I can't come in today. I have, you know, this audition or this callback or, you mm-hmm. know, and bosses are not usually understanding of that. Um, What's that, an example of that? Oh, gosh. Uh, well, actually, in high school. This goes back to my high school theater days. Um, I was working at this ice cream shop. We did like birthday parties and ice cream. And I had a shift from like four to eight after school. And I found out that day that I got a call back for the school play and I couldn't go um, to work. And I was texting my boss like, I'm so sorry. Can I come in a little bit late? This callback means a lot to me. And she basically made me choose. And I chose the callback and I wound up getting the lead. So it was worth the callback. But Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, you need the money. So it's tough. I was bartending last year at another bar. Um, and I booked a commercial last minute and no one would cover my shift as no one usually does. And again, I had to choose between the two. Um, so I've, I've been through maybe a million and five jobs, <laughs> <laughs> a million and five day jobs if while I trying to, to a, if, pursue If I had to this. take a guess, <laughs> if I had to take a bet on how many jobs, it's probably a million, eh, a million and five. It's for uh, sure a million and five. <laughs> Uh, so it's funny you made a jump there from like high school play to uh, to bartending last year. What was? Do you remember what the play was? Yeah, it was called Vacancy in Paradise. My director in high school loved to do plays that no one else was doing, very obscure plays. Because I don't know you growing up on Long Island. I don't know if you had this, but we had like I think it was called the Hudson Valley Music Awards or something, and it was kind of okay. like um, the Tonys for the high schools in like the Westchester area. And he wanted to make sure that, you know, when everybody was doing Rent or everybody was doing um, Jesus Christ Superstar, that we were doing something totally different so that we could... What (laughs) high schools did you go to that they're doing Rent and Jesus Christ Superstar (laughs) in high school? (laughs) I feel like those were really popular back in the day. Oh, my God. I mean, those are like... Those are heavy themes for for 16 Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, his whole thing was he didn't want to do what everyone else was doing to secure some nominations. So Um, an obscure three-act comedy. Okay. We did, oh gosh, we did, um, it was a play, Sugar Babies. Have you heard of Sugar Babies? I mean, I went to Kent State University. I've heard of Sugar Babies, but (laughs) I think we're talking about different Sugar Babies here. Yeah, it was this... um, like vaudeville type play with like Mickey Rooney and the jokes were so like rated R for a high school and we did the show anyway because no one was doing it and I think all the parents were just floored and pissed but yeah that's the kind of director did you watch um that show was it called Rise with um the How I Met Your Mother Uh, I don't think I've watched it no Jason okay. Siegel or, or which no, one? No, uh, the guy that played Ted Mosby. Oh, 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 Ted Mosby was that his name? Yeah. I don't. I don't remember. Uh, well, he just name? did um, a limited series on. I think it was HBO called Rise, and he did. He let their high school do Spring Awakening. So oh, it, it was kind of like that situation for anyone listening that watched that show. It was literally that in my high school. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh my gosh! I remember learning. Oh, well, I remember learning about Spring Awakening because the guy who wrote the music was Duncan Cheek, who is best known for for his one hit wonder "Barely Breathing" from like the late nineties. Oh, one? okay. What a name, Duncan remember, Sheik. Yeah, it's like I am barely breathing. I can't find the air. That one. Oh, I like that song. Yeah, he well, he he did the music for for Spring Awakening. Wow, what a, what a random mm-hmm. coincidence! What a glow up! I could know phone numbers. I could know birthdays. Instead, I know. <laughs> Instead, you know who wrote. I know that Duncan Sheik wrote. <laughs> and, and then Spring Awakening. You got it. Um, Okay, so you were working in high school, even like I mean, not to not to like I was actually um, yeah. sad story. So my dad passed away when I was nine. Um, so just having a single parent, I kind of had to work. I wanted to go to acting school really bad. I went to the Stella Adler Studio of Acting when I was in high school, and the only way that that could really happen was if I paid for it myself. So um, wow. wanting to do like voice classes, you know, singing lessons or plays outside of school, like. Um, you know, community theaters that you had to pay for acting school, I I really had to front the bill on. So I've been working since I was 13. Since I could get my working papers, I had a job. Well, what was your first job? My first job, I worked the drive-thru at McDonald's. I mean, they say it's America's best first job, right? It was the best first job. Let me tell (laughs) you, it was so much fun. Like a lot of my friends worked there. We got cheap food, um, it was easy. It was a really good little after-school gig for sure. Mm-hmm. And so from there, you just you escalated in food service from McDonald's to ice cream to... Wait, actually, though, I feel, I feel like I've done every type of food service job. Ice yeah. cream, McDonald's. I was a host and then a server and then a bartender. Um, you know, pretty much a, a star of the food services world. <laughs> Did you... I mean, I, I hear this a lot like on... um. On various, uh, uh, like inside the actors things or just like interviews with like actors or comedians, is they would they would use their time working in food service to like practice subtly. Like, did, did you ever find yourself like testing out voices or personas or something Ooh, over the drive-through? You know what? I never tested out on people just because I'm a little shy. But mm-hmm. I do get a lot of ideas for characters based on all the people I meet at food service. Mm, I, I get a bet. lot of inspo from all the different characters that come in. You're kind of like, oh, actually, I had a woman at a table the other night who had the like quirkiest voice. And I was like, I need that. I need to copy that voice. Like, you really just get so <laughs> I need much to steal inspo. your voice. Yeah, literally. And you're like trying not to like be creepy. But yeah, you get a lot of ideas from the people you meet. Mm-hmm. Tell me about uh, when, like, your early auditioning and stuff and starting to, like, expand from outside of the, just maybe the school plays, like, when you started auditioning for, you know, professional stuff and how that was. Yeah, well, actually, um, when I was younger, my mom would take me to the city and we would go on, like, open casting calls on backstage or Mm. um, for theaters in the city. Like, there was a lot of um, community theater for kids in the city. Um, so we did that a lot, you know, try to get me out there. Um, actually, when I was like 10, maybe, I looked up how to get an agent and it said I needed like a headshot and a resume. So I made my mom take, oh my God, they're so embarrassing. I have the photos, like pictures of me against a white wall um, for a headshot. They were not cute. <laughs> and I made a resume with like my ballet one and kids theater resume. And I sent wow. them out all over the city by myself. Um, did not hear, 
but I heard from one actually when I was in high school and I worked with them for a little bit. But then when I was like 15 and old enough, I kind of took myself into the city um, and I started doing stuff at Actors Connection and, you know, different studios. And then it kind of slowly but surely, I feel like this was a lifetime pursuit, slowly but surely made its way into professional bookings and things wow. like that. I, I didn't think I, I don't think I realized that I mean, we've we've been friends for a little while now. I don't think I realized that you've been kind of pushing this yourself since you were like a tween. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For a really long time. Um, after school, my I went to recording studios. I used to record like um, demo tracks for producers that wanted to pitch them to record labels. Oh. Um, yeah, and I always I liked theater, but I didn't really like to dance or be in front of people. So when it was time to pick colleges, my mom was like. What about radio? And then that's when I was kind of mm-hmm. like, ooh, voiceover's a thing. And mm-hmm. then so, yeah, in one way or another, I was always pursuing this. I just, it took me a while to get there, you know, mm-hmm. to kind of figure out what exactly it was I wanted to do. So do you have any, like, any uh, early audition situations that were maybe not the best? I mean, I know that I've, I, I've, I've been auditioning for voiceover for about a year now, and I know that there's been a couple moments where I walk into a room and it's clear the casting director would rather be anywhere but here and i'm just not on my game oh i had such a bad one go for it (laughs) it was maybe last year it was oh gosh we had to so all my agent told me was that i needed a louisiana accent and i i got (laughs) yeah and i got the audition a day in advance so i got the audition at maybe 7 p.m and the audition was at like 4 p.m the next day Mm mm-hmm So I'm just watching so many Britney Spears interviews, and I'm trying to think of people from Louisiana. Britney Spears is from Louisiana? She is. She is. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, fun fact. I'm a Britney fan, so um, (laughs) I was looking into her, and I was really practicing all day. I got to the audition. It was one line. I had to say, like, go team. That was it. In a Louisiana accent. So I get there, and there's a girl that went in before me, and she comes out. And the casting director's like, oh, my gosh, great job. That was amazing. It was exactly what we were looking for. Like, he ran out after to tell her that. So I hear that. And I'm like, oh, boy, I'm next. I walk in, and he's just like, do you think you can do this? Or, And I'm like, uh, I-, I think so, you know. Mm-hmm. And I did, like, two takes. And he made, like, a snarky. He, like, said the word team. And I guess the way it was supposed to be said in the accent, like, he was like, it's team, the way it was supposed to be. So yeah. I did one more time saying it that way. And then he was just like, thank you. And I was like, oh, God, this was such a waste. He wanted that other girl. Like, he, he hated me. I was like, just wasting oh, no. his time. Oh, jeez. I'm sure you, we all feel like that often, <laughs> just like we're wasting a casting director's time. Yeah, but I couldn't get over how apparent he was in the fact that he really mm. liked that other girl. And I, I was nothing. Wait, how old were you in the seventh? That was like last year. That was recent. Oh, this was last year. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that Sorry. was very recent. <laughs> so, <laughs> for some reason in my head, I'm like, oh, poor 16-year-old Kristen. Oh, no. That was recent. Then I had, ooh, <laughs> maybe a year or two. This might have been two years ago now. Um, mm. My agent randomly had me try out for an on-camera uh, TV show. Oh. And I'm not an on-camera lady. 
And I'm so used to in voiceover, you don't have to memorize anything. You bring your script with you. You can show up in your sweatpants. You're very comfortable. And this was like full camera on me. I had to be like, hi, I'm Kristen Sullivan. I'm five foot one. And like, you know, you had to like say all this crazy stuff I'm not used to. And you had to memorize it. Mm. And I literally apologized to the casting director after. I was like, this is not my wheelhouse. I'm so sorry. Um, did not hear back from that one either. <laughs> What did it feel like, like doing the on camera? Scary. Um, you don't realize, like, in voiceover, you rely so much on your voice to get the point across. But on camera, you, your voice is kind of secondary. It's kind of like your face expressions and your body movements. So going to over the top with the voice is, like, kind of weird for on camera. So it was a total flip-flop of what I was used to. And mm -hmm. I've had a couple since then, and it's gotten better. But definitely, you know, that's a skill, man. That was tough. Can you say what the show was? It was Divorce on HBO. And fun fact, <laughs> the girl that got the part kind of looks like me. Me and my mom were watching it, and we mm -hmm. were like, wow, like they went for a type. No, that's that's always how it goes. It's like, it's, that's, that's the whole point of, of on, I, I recently started talking to my, my people about getting more on-camera stuff, and I'm already kind of scared to go into those auditions because I know it's just going to be like me and nine other guys who look kind of like me and it's going to just be like, oh, this is what I, this is who I am to them. This yeah, like, it's like that movie La La Land when Emma Stone goes into the waiting room and all the girls look exactly like her. That's really what on-camera auditions are. It's kind of weird. Yeah, you actors are weird. You'd be uh, good at on-camera though. You have such a good like personality and look for that. You're very, you're very kind to me. I, I'm, I'm, I'm. I want to get more into hosting again. I feel like that's my wheelhouse, and I gotta. Yeah. Like, I'm doing this show, obviously, which I love, but I want to do see because all the I don't know if you know all these shows are like popping up around New York now that are like these interview shows, these like, uh, like these massive companies like Verizon are like building these talk studios for like live streams online. I did it's, notice it's that New York is a huge podcast hub lately, like talk radio type mm -hmm. stuff. And and on camera too, like 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 uh, like live studio audience kind of stuff. That yeah, like goes on their live streams or on Twitch or whatever. So I'm gonna I don't know maybe I can maybe I can jump in. I gotta I gotta find. You some should people. jump in. You know you have a what you make people feel comfortable. You're fun. Aww. I feel like you'd be a good a good fit for that. I think so too. Thanks, Chris. I'm gonna put that on my website. Kristen says I make people feel comfortable. <laughs> I'll write you a testimonial. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> Don't you hate asking for testimonials? I just had to do I, that last week because I'm uh, redoing my website and I felt so awkward being like, "Can you please say some nice things about me?" <laughs> <laughs> no, I, it's like asking for like references for like a job. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, hey, some stranger's gonna bother you and ask about me. Can you uh, can you handle that? <laughs> Yeah, it's very uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't like it. Um, okay, so things that people might not know. I met you in a in a voiceover class. Was it's probably been two years now, right? Wow, that went fast. Yeah, we met at Ed Lewis's VO class. Yeah, yeah. So what what led you to that class? I heard great things about Ed, and I actually had auditioned for him a couple times, um, mm -hmm. and he had given me a couple callbacks. And then I heard that he was teaching a class, so I was kind of like, let me take his class to see you know, what he looks for and kind of sure. get to know him. And I heard he was great. And everyone that I knew that went to him said that their skill set just improved by so much after mm -hmm. meeting him. So I took his class, met you, and I thought it was a great class, right? I love that class. Yeah, it was my first one. I had a great time. It, it's 
it kind of gave me some confidence going forward to actually pursue this thing, which is yeah, was nice. Everyone in that class you were was so really nice. Good for the I first really, time, I know that's it was crazy to me because like in that class, you know, you, you've been doing this since you were you know a teen, and there are people in there who are clearly alums or have been working for a long time, and then there was like me and a handful of people who had really never done it before, who maybe had vague acting experience or radio experience, and it was really cool to like get reinforcement from professionals being like, nah, man, you've got, you've got something going on here. And I'm like, oh, I do. <laughs> do you remember? Wait, do you remember we did an exercise where everyone had to do an audition and then yes. we all voted on it was for A1 steak sauce. Best, and I'll you never won? forget. I'll never forget <laughs> that moment for as long as I live. <laughs> you won. I remember that. That was so cool. Oh, yeah. No, we all did a, um, to explain, we were all given like a really short, read it was for i think it was for a1 steak sauce um like some old ad and we all got like three takes and then we all voted on who we would have picked if we were the casting director and somehow all these professionals were like yeah i'd pick jacob and i tried not to show it at the time i don't know if you could tell me on the inside i was like <laughs> they like me they really like me yeah, really. <laughs> um I remember when I gave my reason as to why I picked you, I said something like, you know, Jacob, it just kind of felt like you could really like grab a beer with him. He sounded fun. Like you could (laughs) hang out with him. And you were like, really? Me? (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's, that sounds, that's about right. Uh, (laughs) uh, you know, that was a very important class. And I met, you know, we met uh, Jeffrey Emerson in that class too, who's been on the podcast as well. So that's right. Love Jeffrey. Remember we went to his comedy show and it was the one night he wasn't there. Wasn't there. Yeah. I've been back a couple times. He's he's been there the other times. You gotta. Go I need again. to go when he's there. He's so funny. He's the best. Um, but yeah, okay, cool. So you've been doing this for a while now. You're you're still you know you still you still gotta pay the bills. You're bartending on occasion still. Yeah, um, you know this is an expensive industry. <laughs> you gotta it pay is. for training and demos and websites. So yeah, I'm definitely not where I want to be yet. Um, mm-hmm. still gotta pay the bills, but you know, climbing definitely improving and you know on the road. Yeah, well, I mean, you're getting more gigs than anyone else I know, so that's oh, a pretty stop. big Oh, stop. I'm sure I'm not. <laughs> I think you I can honestly, like, I, I, I'm not that deep in this world, but, like, you're getting work, and I'm hearing you everywhere. And what was the, can you tell me about the, I remember it was one of those commercials I saw, it was on YouTube, it had, like, a million. <laughs> oh, wow. That was, oh, my. So, yeah, I did the um, Scribble Stuff Magic Marker commercial on was. YouTube, yeah. and I had done it, and... I didn't really think about it, you know? Like, you know how you go on YouTube and ads always come up? Even though I knew mm-hmm. I was doing a YouTube commercial, I didn't think about it on that scale. Mm-hmm. And then I was it wasn't until I was trying to watch a different YouTube video and my own ad popped up that <laughs> I was kind of like, oh, that's what that was. So I went to it and it had, it surpassed a million views now. It had so many views wow. and like... The high schooler in me who wanted to be a pop star, like a Justin Bieber YouTube sensation, was like, wow, like, I, I couldn't <laughs> believe all the YouTube views. It was so crazy that that many people heard my voice, you know? Oh, my gosh. I mean, it's, when you were, I mean, I'm sure we lost a vote. Do you have, do you still have, even though you're getting ads that are getting so much coverage, do you still get like that kind of doubt in you? All the time. Yeah. All the time. Um, and and actually, it? Yeah. no, it's just like. I feel like no matter, I just think actors in general, I mean, maybe it's just me, but I feel like a lot of us are kind of shy and insecure on the inside. Mm -hmm. Um, So I feel like as you could be booking an extreme amount, and I feel like there's always that little, 
like imposter syndrome. Like, why me? Like, mm. you know, there's always going to be someone better. And, you know, I was watching an interview with Tom Kenny and he said something like, at the end of the day, even he is kind of like, oh, gosh, I don't know if I'm going to get that next gig or when's my time going to be up? I think it's just something that's always innately in us because it's just what we're brought up being used to, like being told no after no after no, that I just think it's something we're never going to get rid of, as sad yeah. as that sounds. Like, we're always going to be like, oh, no, like that was just a fluke. You know, it's not going to happen again. I feel like that's kind of my mindset all the time. Um, what was your what was crazy. your last no that really affected you? Hmm. Oh, um, I got a call back for um, Nella on Nickelodeon. Oh. And I was so excited. And I was, it was actually for a um, voice match. I guess the other actor couldn't do it anymore. And at home, I felt like I was on point and it was like perfect. But then at the callback, I got like nervous and it wasn't as good as I thought it was. So that, that was kind of a big bummer. I really wanted that one. That was probably the that hurt the most. <laughs> that was Nell the Princess. Now I also had a I don't th- I don't think I got a callback, but I also I auditioned for that too. And I'm like, and I think Ed's the casting director too. So it was just yeah, like, he was <gasps> so sweet. He ran after me after and he like gave me a hug and he was mm. like, you, like I know you as a student. I just want you to know like you did amazing. Like you were prepared. That's all you can do. Um, mm. And I was like, wow, Ed, thanks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why 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 do you think that one was so important to you? Um, I think because that's, like, been the dream for so long, being on, like, a recurring series and, mm. you know, having that steady thing and just growing up watching all that and Keenan and Kel, like, wanting to be on Nickelodeon. So I think having it, you know what, I think that one hurt the most because it was so close. Mm. Like, I was in the callback room. There wasn't that many girls going in for it. It was so, so close. Like, I had taken Ed's class, two of his classes. So it was so, so, so close, but uh, no cigar. Yeah, the closer you get, the harder to the fall, you know? Yeah, 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 but it's okay. You, I feel like when I was younger, every no was such a heartbreaking, devastating no. Um, I would, like, cry. But now I'm just so used to it that it's, like, every other day. Like, now the yeses are a big emotion, like, surprise. But the no's are just like, eh, yeah, figured. You know, <laughs> I feel like you get, you get tougher skin. Now when people say no to me, I'm like, okay. <laughs> figured you'd say no. <laughs> All right, great. I, I'm, I'm going to ask just because I feel like I should, not because we have to. Do you want to talk about your dad at all? Uh, yeah. Um, He was super duper hardworking. I think that, you know, part of me gets that from him. Like, he owned his own business, and mm-hmm. he really hustled and got everything on the ground running. So I feel like part of me, like, really um, uses him as an inspiration. Like, you know, everything that happened with him. Like, I really want to just be able to give back to my mom and, you know, make him proud and kind of be how he was with his own business. Um, But I feel like, I say this all the time, um, I feel like maybe if that didn't happen, obviously I wish it didn't happen, but I don't know if I'd be as hardworking if it didn't happen, you know? I feel like when you grow up having less, that meat and that drive is, is more in front of you. I always wonder, like, would my life be different, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I, 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 I can't – you said it yourself. Like, you, you had a single parent. You wanted to go to this acting school. You had to pay for it yourself. It was a different kind of situation. Yeah, definitely. So I think that um, even through all that loss and sadness, I think it really got me to where I am today. And I don't think I would be here without it. So even though it's like people are always like don't want to talk about it and they're sad about it. But I think you can turn it into something positive, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I use it as that, as an inspiration. <laughs> what, what what was this business that he owned? He owned um, an x-ray tech business. Um, yeah. And you know what? He did a lot of things like um, 
the way he hustled, it was so inspiring. Like he offered the um, the New York Giants free um, X rays in or in exchange for them to advertise his business like at the stadium. Mm-hmm. So like he did a lot of creative things like that to kind of get going. Um, so I try to take inspo from that all the time. But yeah, mm-hmm. he owned an X ray tech. He had a couple buildings um, throughout the Bronx and Manhattan. Oh wow! Yeah. Did it, was that ever something you considered? Like, maybe I should go into maybe entrepreneurship or maybe I should become an x-ray tech or maybe. Well, definitely not x-ray. <laughs> <laughs> my, uh, my, my, uh, science grades in school will tell you no, but, um. Me neither. I really do like business and entrepreneurship and I think that's why I like voiceover mm-hmm. more than regular acting is it's the only, I feel like it's the only kind of acting that you can really make a business, you know, the paperwork side and reaching out to clients and kind of owning your own business while also being creative with the acting. I think that's what draws me to it so much. There's absolutely a huge element of that and I'm still getting used to it. I'm not, (laughs) I'm not a numbers guy. It's taken a lot of effort. (laughs) It does take a lot of effort. It's tough. It really, and that's why it's hard, like we said in the beginning, to keep that day job and that hustle, especially when you need money and you're caught up in your day job. It's hard to be like, oh, wait, I do have to set aside time to, you know, do my voice stuff. Um, It's definitely tricky, but it's it's always worth it. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we asked this of all of our we asked this of all of our guests. Uh, what's something you go back to for comfort? Something you enjoy? Something relief? It could be literally anything. It could be an activity, uh, some media, music, television, food, whatever. Uh, what's something you go back to when you need that comfort? When maybe things haven't gone so. Maybe it's you're kind of on a on a losing streak with auditions, or you lose a big one like Nella, like. What's 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 something you find comforting? Oh yeah, you're gonna be like, what a little fatty! But I love. <laughs> oh, okay, first of all, for, before we move any forward, I am three times your size. You are no, you're fine. You're fine, um, Kristen. But my, com- I love um, macaroni at my grandma's house. Like anytime Woo! I'm upset or having a bad day, I go to my grandma's and we eat pasta and meatballs. We get our our Sunday dinner on. That is the most comforting thing to me. Yeah, I, the Italian kind of thing going on here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anytime, but it's so bad because not only do I use pasta when I'm sad, I use it for every emotion. <laughs> <laughs> like when I'm happy, when I'm scared, when I'm, I'm scared. sad. It's just pasta all the time. But that's, Panic that's my uh, happiness. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, so, I mean, what are we talking? I mean, I'm assuming we're not just talking plain buttered pasta here. I mean, we're probably talking some some old recipes. Yeah, my grandma makes a really good, like, Sunday sauce recipe. Like, her marinara is so good with, like, her meatballs. And I don't know. I feel like I try to make sauce all the time, and it never comes out as good as hers. I feel like no matter what we do, we could follow the recipes perfectly, and it's still not quite the same with our grandma's recipes. You know? Does that come with age? Like, will I? Will my grandkids like my recipes, or is that is that gone out the wind? Like, I don't I don't Maybe. know how that happens, how that comes about. I, I don't remember the whole whole story. I know uh, you know Alton Brown. The no, food? Alton Brown's a he's kind of a Food Network star. He's like this kind of food scientist guy who hosts the shows, and he's great. He's like the host of Iron Chef. <clears throat> okay, I should know that because I used to work for Food Network. I have no idea who that True, is. True, you did. You worked for Food Network. Wait. <laughs> Keep going. Come on now. Uh, he's he's the host of Good Eats. Come on. Um, so Alton uh, told the story once, I believe, where he was trying to replicate his grandma's pie crust. And Ooh. Alton's a very like he's a very studious guy. He wrote, wrote down every note. He copied every move. He like was using the same hardware, the ovens, the temperature. He was doing everything he possibly could to get it right on. 
and it didn't come to him until years later that he couldn't quite replicate it. He couldn't quite get it right because his grandmother had arthritis. And when she would knead the dough, when she would press the dough down, she did it very gently because her joints couldn't like handle wow. much more pressure. And that's why it was different. And like we So can't, it's just little things like that. Like you we can't, can't replicate even, it. Yeah, you can't replicate it. Everyone's different. Yeah, no matter what you wow. I mean, I, I've gotten pretty close to my mom's matzo ball soup, but it's probably never gonna be quite the yeah, same. Yeah, you're a good chef. You're very your food on Instagram looks <laughs> Amazing! You're a big Insta foodie, and you're so good at it. I'm really obnoxious about it. I'm I'm like half the time like, look at this cool thing I made. The other half of the time like, look at this cool thing I'm eating that someone else made. No, but you always make cool stuff. I think you sent me not too long ago. You made some sort of pie or something. It looked so good. Was it the tart? I made like a rustic apple tart like a few months ago. And but see, your recipes are always different. Like they're never like Mm. regular fudge brownies. They always have some sort of twist. Mm, I need to make regular fudge brownies. I made them. (laughs) This week, they're so good. <laughs> uh, my issue is I put peanut butter on everything. That's my that's my like. Uh, Ooh, yours, okay. is, yours is Sunday sauce. My mine is I need peanut to put butter. peanut butter on everything. Yeah, but at least that's like healthy. That's not a bad one. I, uh, <laughs> I say it's I healthy. Don't know about that, but. <laughs> it's okay. I come from a house where my mom's like macaroni's healthy. I made it. It's fresh. Eat it. So yeah. <laughs> I'm all about the peanut butter being healthy too. I'm glad the Jewish people and the Italians have this in common. They're the same. They're literally the same. <laughs> Eat your your skin and bones, please. You gotta, <laughs> there you go. Um, There's no difference. <laughs> well, Kristen, thank you so much for doing this. I appreciate it a lot. Oh, thank you face. for having me. I'm so excited to be on. I was so honored when you asked me. Hey, man. I'm, well, I mean, we're, I'll promote it at the top of the episode, too, but like... You're 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 uh, in a silent voice as one of the leads, and it's on Netflix now. Ah, it's on Netflix! I can't believe it. It's so crazy. It's easily accessible to the masses. It is easily accessible. It's funny, like some of the um, the fans now, I guess, got a chance to watch it on Netflix. So I'm getting tagged in some cool tweets. The people are very mm. nice and cute about it. That's cool. I told uh, I was in Baltimore recently, and I told my friend about it, and she's like. My brother and her friends have been talking about that movie for a bunch of time, and your friend is in it. I'm like, yeah, no it's, way, that's it's, so funny. It's, I like find like a YouTube video with you speaking in it. I'm like, that's her. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. No, it's super exciting. So, uh, a silent voice on Netflix. Go watch it. Listen Thank to Kristen. You. What's your character's yes, name? Watch it. I play Yuzuru, the little sister. Yuzuru. Definitely check it out. <laughs> it's a really beautiful film. It's um, it's very sad actually, but it's it's important. So definitely check it out. All right, cool. All right, Kristen Soul, thank you so much. Follow Kristen on Instagram and Twitter at Kristen on the Mic and enjoy her wonderful performance in A Silent Voice on Netflix right now. And if you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review on iTunes. It helps the word about the show spread. Like, it's been a while. I bet so you haven't done this in a minute. <laughs> Come yeah. up with one. It makes word about the show cross borders like the lovely borders that Jacob crossed on his tour and yours and of course make sure you subscribe to easily (laughs) download new episodes I'm trying is hosted edited produced and scored by Janelle Dennis and me Jacob Derwin our cover art was created by the fabulous Sammy Kappa see more of her work at SammyKappa.com that's S-A-M-I-C-A-P-P-A.com you can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at I'm Trying Show. 
And if you want, you can follow us individually at Janelle Dennis and Jacob Derwin. If you've screwed up or embarrassed yourself and are looking for help, or pity, reach out to us on Twitter or email at imtryingshow at gmail.com, and our team of crisis experts it's just us. will be more than happy to assist you. Well, reasonably happy. Thank you so much for listening. And in the words of Blink 182, Don't waste your time on me. You're already the voice inside my head. First try. <laughs> <laughs>